remember what an omnibus is? If you listened in last month, then you'll know it is just a collection of a number of different stories or episodes all put into one place. Hello everyone, I'm Kathleen Pally. Welcome to this special omnibus edition of Journey with Story, which we hope helps all of you who are in the midst of discombobulating times, lockdowns and not being able to get to go to school or play with your pals. And in this special omnibus episode, you can listen to all four stories for this month, one after the other. And just so you know, there will be no special intro for the individual stories, no added details and no shout-outs. If you want to hear all of those, then you need to go and listen to the individual episode and not this version. Got it? Oh, mums and dads and grown-ups, you can download some free colouring sheets at www.journeywithstory.com. Let's take an omnibus journey with Story. Let's take a journey with the young and dashing princess. There was once a king with a terrible temper. Grrr. He had three sons. One of the sons was not what you would call a ball of fire. He would wake up at around 12 noon every day, go down the stairs very slowly, one step at a time, and then sit down and sip his cup of tea, one sip at a time. If he was feeling particularly perky and energetic, he would take a brief stroll in the garden before going up the stairs, one step at a time, and returning to his bed. As I said, he was not a ball of fire. This was the first son. Kaplunk, kaplunk, kaplunk. Now the other son, he was a ball of fire. He was full of energy. Each day he would leap out of bed, bound down the stairs two at a time, and be busy, busy, busy all day long. And as he was busy doing things, he would chatter non-stop about what it was he was doing. He would tell you all about the great things he had done, all the great and wonderful things that he was currently doing, and all about the great, wonderful and incredible things that he was going to do in the near future. So energetic and so full of life was he that he told everyone he was going to be a high-flying chief royal advisor. He was the second son. Ugh! And of course there was one more son. We will talk about him more later in the story. He was a third son. One day the bad-tempered king was climbing onto his enormous throne when he heard something approaching the castle. It was a galloping horse. There was a bold knock on the door. When the king opened the door, who should he see standing there but? A young and dashing princess. ta -dum. What do you want? asked the king with a terrible temper. Grrr. Hello, king, 
said the young and dashing princess. Tadam! I live in the country right next to you. My parents, the king and the queen, are getting ready to retire, and so I am about to take the throne. I have watched my parents rule the land for many, many years, and they have done very well together. So, I was thinking it might be nice to have someone rule by my side. I am looking around now for that special someone, and I hear you have some sons who might be just what I'm looking for. Indeed I do, said the king with a terrible temper. Grr. In fact, I have just the one for you. And he went to the bottom of the stairs and he called for the first son. Kaplunk, Kaplunk, Kaplunk. He came down the stairs one step at a time. I have three questions for you, said the young and dashing princess. Tadam. The first question. If there were poor and needy people in the land, how would you feed and shelter them? Hmm, mused the prince. Well, I think I would have a cup of tea and... Well, mull it over for a while. I see, said the princess thoughtfully. Second question, would you be willing to eat haggis with me every night for supper, as that is my favourite food ever? Hmm, mused the prince. Well, first I would have a cup of tea and... and... Well... Well... Mull it over. I see, said the princess thoughtfully. Third question. If we have daughters, will you be willing to teach them how to fence and joust and tame dragons? Oh, said the prince. Well, I would have to have a cup of tea. And... And mull it over. King, announced the young and dashing princess. Tadam. I am not marrying your first son. Kaplunk, Kaplunk, Kaplunk. Rats, said the king with a terrible temper. Grr! Never fear, he said. I have another son. And he went to the bottom of the stairs and he called out for the second son. Oh! He bounded on the stairs two, three, four steps at a time, leapt to the bottom and announced, Princess, I am on for you! Ah, said the young and dashing princess. Tadam. But first, I have a few questions. If there were poor and needy in the land, how would you feed and shelter them? Oh, that is easy, said the second son. I would tell them to get a move on. Look at his split. They just need to go out and get a job. They just spruce themselves up like me, put on their best clothes and get out there and meet people. That is what they should do. Hmm, I see, said the princess. Second question. Would you be willing to eat haggis with me every night for supper, as that is my favourite food in all the world? Ha <laughs> ha, sweet girl, don't you worry your pretty little princess head about something so trivial, so utterly not worth thinking about. With me at your side, I will be in charge of everything in the castle, and I will have the cook make exactly what I like to eat every night, and you can eat what I am having. You can eat my favourite food. Hmm, I see, 
said the princess. Third and final question. If we have daughters, will you be willing to teach them how to fence and joust and tame dragons? Well, no time for that when I am on the throne. Don't you know? I'm going to do great and wonderful things with my life that will keep me busy, 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 busy. After all, I'm going to be the chief royal counsellor in the land. Everyone will want to meet me and learn from me. There will be no time for teaching fencing and jousting and all that nonsense. I'll be far too busy and important to deal with all of that. King said the young and dashing princess, Tadam. I will not be marrying your second son. Rats, said the king with a terrible temper. Grrr. Well, I am sorry, princess, but that's all the sons I have in the castle. But I was told you had three sons, said the princess. No, no, I don't, said the king. But just at that moment, the princess looked up and there, descending the stairs was a young man with a book in one hand and a basket of laundry in the other. "'Who is that?' asked the princess. "'No one, no one,' said the king with a terrible temper. Grr! it's time for you to leave.' But the princess went up the stairs and began to chat to the young man and learned that he really was the third son. Whew. The two continued to have a good old chat. They discussed the book he was reading and the laundry he was carrying. They talked about the poor and the needy. They talked about their favourite food, and he said he'd always wanted to try some haggis. And they talked about children and fencing and jousting and taming dragons. Then he told her a joke, and she doubled over with laughter. Then she told him a joke, and he almost split his sides laughing. They had fallen head over heels in love. King! announced the young and dashing princess. Tadam, I am going to marry your third son. Whew. No, no, exclaimed the king with a terrible temper. Grr. You can't take him away and leave me with these other two sons. I'll go mad. How do you think I got this terrible temper? Never, never, guards, guards, he called. Immediately the guards surrounded the hall. However, the young and dashing princess grabbed the hand of the third son. Whew and together they ran down the stairs and out the door. They jumped under their horses and galloped away upon the galloping horses. Stop them! Stop them! cried the king with a terrible temper. Grr! After them! After them! The guards ran out the door, jumped upon their horses and galloped away on their galloping horses. But the prince and the princess sped on by the horses, by love, and by the promise of a rosy future were soon out of sight and into the next land. There they got married and ruled wisely together. Together they cared for the poor and the needy. They ate haggis every night until children came along. And then they ate whatever the children wanted. And of course there was a lot of fencing and jousting and taming the odd dragon now and then. And they all lived happily for the rest of their days. And so ends the tale of the king with the terrible temper. Grrr.
let's take a journey with Psyche and Eros. Long, long ago in ancient Greece, there lived three princesses. Psyche, the youngest, was very kind. She was also very beautiful. Now one day, high on Mount Olympus, Aphrodite, the goddess of beauty, heard about Psyche, and she was very jealous. All the young men in the kingdom were so afraid of what the great goddess might do to them if they dared to pay attention to Psyche, that they refused to go near her, and none of them would offer their hand in marriage. When her two sisters married, Psyche had to stay at home with her father, and in those days girls were expected to marry someone, and so her poor father went off to consult the oracle at Delphi. The oracle told her father that while no man would ever marry his daughter, there was a creature who lived on the top of a mountain that would take her. Sadly, the king took Psyche to the top of a tall mountain and left her there. But no sooner was she left alone on that mountaintop than a gentle west wind lifted her up and swooped her off to a faraway palace. It was the home of Eros, the lonely god of love. Eros was a handsome young man, but he had a pair of very big wings. He did not wish to scare Psyche, and so he made himself invisible. And he warned Psyche that if she valued his love, not to try to catch a glimpse of him. He treated Psyche with great gentleness, and every night they talked and laughed together, and soon Psyche found herself falling in love with this invisible man. For some time they lived together in great contentment, but after a while Psyche missed her family so much that Eros agreed to allow her to invite her sisters for a visit. But when her sisters came and saw this luxurious palace and all the riches it contained, they were overcome with jealousy and they set out to convince Psyche that she was being fooled. He's not a normal man, said one sister. He is probably a horrid, ugly monster, said the other sister. After all, if he loved you, why would he not show himself to you? But he's so kind, so gentle, Psyche argued. He cannot be a monster, I would know. He's fooling you, Psyche, trust us. The sisters returned home, dissatisfied with their own lives and jealous of Psyche's. Psyche cried and cried and cried. But one night, she took a lamp in one hand and a dagger in the other, and she crept into her host's bedroom. Instead of the monster she expected to find, she saw Eros, a handsome young man with two white wings. She was not frightened at all, but a drop of oil from the lamp she held fell on the sleeping guard. He woke instantly. He saw his psyche leaning over him with a dagger in her hand, and with great sorrow he spread his wings and flew away. Psyche crumbled to the floor, 
how foolish she had been to listen to her sisters. She ran outside to the river. She threw herself into the water and she expected to drown, but Pan, the god of shepherds, pulled her safely from the water. Aphrodite is the goddess of love. Ask her for help, Pan advised her. So Psyche went to the temple of Eros's mother and asked for help. Aphrodite appeared before her and told her, I will help you if you can complete three tasks. Then she scattered a huge heap of mixed grains on the floor. Sort this mess into three neat piles. And with that she disappeared. Poor Psyche did not know how to complete such an impossible task. But just then, an army of ants crawled under the door. Oh, please, can you help me? she begged. And they did. Aphrodite was furious. So she set another task even harder than the first. Over by that stream are some sheep. Fetch me a bag of their golden fleece. Psyche set off for the river, but when she got there, she discovered a herd of angry rams. Poor Psyche feared for her very life, but suddenly she heard a voice whisper, Wait until noon, when they lie asleep in the shade. And she did. When Psyche handed over the fleece to Aphrodite, the goddess fumed with rage. She set a third task, which was the hardest of all. Very well, she said, handing Psyche a golden cup. Fill this with water from the river Styx. Psyche trembled with fear, for in order to complete this task, she knew she would have to die, as that was the only way to cross the river into the land of shades. Still, she set off on her journey, and in a short while, an eagle swooped down from the sky and snatched the cup from her hands. Moments later, he returned the cup, brimming with water. Now that Psyche had completed all three tasks, Eros suddenly appeared before her. You have come back, cried Psyche. I never left, replied Eros, for all along, it had been Eros who sent the ants and the eagle, and it was Eros who told her how to gather the fleece. Then Eros gathered Psyche into his arms and flew them back to his palace. It took a while, but eventually Eros convinced his mother Aphrodite to accept Psyche as his wife. With Aphrodite's help, he convinced the great Zeus to admit Psyche to the ranks of the immortal gods. In celebration, Psyche and Eros threw a party at the palace. Apollo played his lyre, Dionysus brought the wine, and all the gods rejoiced. As for Eros and Psyche, they lived happily ever after. And to this day, that is why love and soul will never part.
Let's take a journey with The Fairy Folk by Robert Bird. Come cuddle close in Daddy's coat Beside the fire so bright And hear about the fairy folk That wander in the night For when the stars are shining clear And all the world is still They float across the silver moon From hill to cloudy hill Their caps of red their cloaks of green are hung with silver bells and when they're shaken with the wind their merry ringing swells and riding on the crimson moth with black spots on her wings they guide them down the purple sky with golden bridal rings they love to visit girls and boys to see how sweet they sleep to stand beside their cosy cots and at their faces peep. For in the whole of Fairyland they have no finer sight than little children sleeping sound with faces rosy bright. On tip-toe crowding round their heads when bright the moonlight beams they whisper little tender words that fill their minds with dreams and when they see a sunny smile with lightest fingertips they lay a hundred kisses sweet upon the ruddy lips and then the little spotted moths spread out their crimson wings and bear away the fairy crowd with shaking bridal rings. Come, Bernays, hide in Daddy's coat beside the fire so bright. Perhaps the little fairy folk will visit you tonight. Let's take a journey with Chicken Little. Once upon a time there was a little chicken and everybody called him Chicken Little. One day while he was out walking a bird flew high overhead and dropped an acorn from its beak. Down it fell and... popped him on his head. Chicken Little squawked and looked up. He didn't see anything. He looked down, and still he didn't see anything, so he said, Help! Help! The sky is falling! Help! Help! The sky is falling! I have to tell the king! And he went running down the road, looking for the king. As he was running, he met Henny Penny, and Henny Penny said, Hello, Chicken Little, what's wrong with you? Chicken Little said, Oh, Henny Penny, haven't you heard? The sky is falling! I'm off to tell the king! Henny Penny looked up and said, but I can see the sky, and it is not falling. Oh, yes, it is, said Chicken Little. A piece of it just hit me on the head. 
Oh, well, in that case, Henny Penny said, I think I should go with you. And so off they went down the road together, shouting, Help! Help! The sky is falling! Help! Help! The sky is falling! We have to tell the king! After a while, they met Goosey Lucy. <laughs> Hello, Chicken Nickle. Hello, Henny Penny. What's wrong with you? Oh, Goosey Lucy, haven't you heard? The sky is falling! We have to tell the king! Goosey Lucy looked up and said, But I can see the sky, and it is not falling. Yes, it is said Henny Penny. A piece of it just hit Chicken Little on his head. Oh, well, in that case, said Goosey Lucy, I think I should go with you. And he waddled along behind Henny Penny, who strutted behind Chicken Little, who rushed along as fast as his little legs would carry him, while all of them shouted, Help, help! The sky is falling! Help, help! The sky is falling! We have to tell the king! A little further down the road they met Turkey Lurkey. And Turkey Lurkey said, Hello, Chicken Little, hello, Henny Penny, hello, Goosey Lucy, what in the world is wrong with you? Oh, Turkey Lurkey, haven't you heard? The sky is falling, the sky is falling, we're looking for the king. Turkey Lurkey looked up and said, But I can see the sky and it is not falling. Oh, yes, it is, said Goosey Lucy, a piece of it just hit Chicken Little on his head. Oh, well... In that case, said Turkey Lurkey, I think I shall go with you. And then Turkey Lurkey strode behind Goosey Lucy, who waddled behind Henny Penny, who strutted behind Chicken Little, who rushed along as fast as his little legs would carry him, while all of them shouted, Help, help! The sky is falling! Help, help! The sky is falling! We have to tell the king! A little further down the road they met Ducky Lucky. What is wrong with you? He asked. Oh, Ducky Lucky, haven't you heard? The sky is falling, we have to tell the king. Ducky Lucky looked up and said, But I can see the sky and it is not falling. Yes, it is, said Turkey Lurkey. A piece of it just hit Chicken Little on his head. Oh, well, in that case, said Ducky Lucky, I think I should go with you. And Ducky Lucky swaggered behind Turkey Lurkey, who strode behind Goosey Lucy, who waddled behind Henny Penny, who strutted behind Chicken Little, who rushed along as fast as his little legs would carry him, while all of them shouted, Help! Help! The sky is falling! We have to tell the king! Just as they turned around a bend in the road, who should they meet but... Foxy! Loxy. Hello, Chicken Little. Hello, Henny Penny. Hello, Goosey Lucy. Hello, Turkey Lurkey. Hello, Ducky Lucky. What in the world is wrong with you? And they talked them all together in one voice. <gasps> Foxy Loxy, haven't you heard the sky is falling? We have to tell the kings that he can warn all the animals and all the people. Do you know the way to the king's castle? asked Foxy Loxy. The five friends shook their heads. Well, no, but we think it might be this way, said Chicken Little. Ah, then let me lead you, said Foxy Loxy. I know the way very well. So, Foxy Loxy.
Pixie pointed his nose in a new direction and... Ducky, lucky, turkey, lucky, goosey, loosey, henny, penny and chicken little followed him. Over hill and valley they walked on and on and up and down until they came to a cave. Through here on the other side, said Foxy Loxy, is the castle where the king lives. The five friends thanked Foxy Loxy for pointing the way. But they realised the moment they were about to enter that cave that the crafty Foxy Loxy had some supper plans for them. And just in the nick of time, those five feathered friends came to their senses and they turned and they fled pell-mell over the hill and dale and up and down until at long last they reached the safety of the barnyard. And from that day on, no one ever believed a word that Chicken Little uttered. Ever. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that special omnibus edition of Journey with Story. And if you're looking for some ideas for further follow-up activities, maybe you can discuss what the story souvenir was for each story. Remember, the story souvenir is just that little glimmer of truth about what it means to be human and live in this world. Maybe you can make a drawing of your favourite episode and send it to me on Instagram at Journey with Story or on our website. Oh, and another activity that a lot of mums have shared with me their kids like to do is after listening to an episode a few times, children like to act it out. So you could get your brothers or your sisters or your friends together and put on a little play for your mums and dads to lighten their day. Oh, and mums and dads, you can get some other ideas for activities and storytelling resources from me if you sign up for my newsletter at www.journeywithstory.com. And if you subscribe to our Patreon page, you can enjoy even more perks and resources. Here's to stories aplenty that fill our hearts with grace and goodness, hope and light, so that we remember, as my favourite poet says, All shall be well, all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Be well, my friends, be well, and join me next time for Journey with Stories.